Confrontational Millennials Podcast. I'm Nikki Alley. And I'm Bill Mars. And uh, it is March, y'all. Yay. Black History Month is officially over. Yeah, we need to cancel Black History Month after the shitstorm we have. People doing black faces, fashion company doing black faces. Mm-hmm. Black people all need to be canceled. Juicy um, <laughs> Smollett. I'm thinking Black History Month is canceled till you guys know how to act. Exactly. We had like a great Black History Month. Like last year with Black mm-hmm. Panther coming exactly. out and everything. And then y'all just didn't know how to fucking act. <laughs> get your, get your shit America. together. Oh my god. Um Yeah, uh so um real quick, let's go over before we get into all of the mess that happened this past week. Let's uh how was your week, Belmars? How uh, it's been exhausting, but also it's been liberating. So awesome. I do want to concentrate more on like studying the MCAT because you know that's my future. But exactly. if not, either there's med school or there's actually graduate school. But down mm-hmm. the line, if you want to continue in medical research, I definitely need to um um probably go back to school one way or another because I mm-hmm. guess a BS is not enough. I mean, I can BS my way through it, but BS with BS, a <laughs> But BSing will probably get you so far. Indubitably. Um, my week has been really interesting uh, love life-wise, which I don't really know how to handle that. I'm not going to go into detail because uh, who knows? He may one day find this, and I don't need him finding out about <laughs> my... I don't need him finding out about my, my crush on him. But um, it, it there's a lot of interaction this week and my brain is like, Ooh, what's going on? No, <laughs> we will talk about this afterwards, but uh, let's move on to our favorite shit talking segment of the good, the bad. And um, let's see, what, what, what should I name this? Um, the Oscars wasn't so ugly this year. That's what it's going to be called. Yes. <laughs> Woo-hoo! So, um, Let's start out, though, with the the bad. Um, R. Kelly was arrested, and we all rejoiced. And then he was freed within (laughs) uh, how many? Was it, like, days? He wasn't even in jail for that long, and then he was just freed. Yeah. For no good reason. (laughs) So he was freed by a 47-year-old businesswoman who defended her decision. So she said... Yeah, Valencia Love, to say her name so that we can all drag her appropriately. Well, she said, I'm not going to say it was my money or Kelly's, and he's not broke. She said, according to Ewe, he's my friend. I know he needed help. He said, Love's claim that Kelly's release was inevitable as he claimed to be posted bond on Thursday. So I'm thinking just getting the rest is probably not me for celebration, especially for R. Kelly, a.k.a. the Pied Piper of (laughs) R&B. God, that's such an appropriate name. <laughs> well, we call them that, and what's sad is that now I can't even listen to R. Kelly's song because all of them are just stories of some girl's life. I mean, trapped in the closet, probably some girl trying to hide from him in his little sex cult. Yeah. AJ Nuts but around for Aaliyah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just putting it all out in the open. And, like, and I still don't understand, like, just sidebar, like I was having a conversation with my mother yesterday, and we were actually talking about the, the Michael Jackson documentary, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, it's coming out on March 3rd in HBO, guys. But um, we were talking about it, and I was like, she was trying to be all like, oh, why are these two guys coming out now? 
out um, for Michael Jackson and accusing him of, you know, sexual assault or whatever, which is fine. Like, you know, like, um, it's fine to, like, question what the truth is until you get all the straight facts. Um, and, but I was telling her, I was like, okay, but, like, you know, um, I don't know how I started comparing this to R. Kelly. They're not the same, but I was like, I mean, they, he was, oh, no, I was saying because he was probably afraid because Michael Jackson when he was alive was a bamf. He had a lot of power. Like yeah. I mean to go up against Michael Jackson, you were going up against like an American like not an America's sweetheart, but he's the king of pop. Like how did like to be able to go up and be all like, oh hey by the way, like he sexually assaulted me. How many people do you actually think are gonna believe you? Mostly yeah. out of the fact that, you know, it's Michael Jackson. True. Like, they love Michael Jackson. Women only had to see Michael Jackson <laughs> with their bare eyes before they just fainted on the goddamn ground. Okay? How, did you, like, to to just, to accuse somebody of that is very heavy. But to get someone to believe you is harder. Like, so, my whole thing was, like, I was telling my mom, I was like, listen, R. Kelly has not nearly as much star power as Michael Jackson. And it was still hard. For people to come out and be all like, for these girls to come out and be like, oh, by the way, he raped me or whatever. Or, by the way, like he put me in a sex call or by the way, he sexually assaulted me. Yeah. And people still didn't do nearly enough about it. I mean, they took him to trial. Sure. Whatever. Nothing happened. They um, arrested him now. Sure. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Somebody posted bail and nothing happened. Like I'm saying, so I'm just kind of like, it's hard to like pin things down on these stars or whatever, because their beloved like American icons for some reason with R. Kelly. I don't know why the fuck. I remember also watching a documentary. I remember I think it was Spark who said that they said, I don't care that they he did or didn't do it, but off point is he cost too much money to kinda of like write him out. But I'm thinking especially in the day me too, I think you'll probably get um write anyone out. It's probably a little bit better. For mm -hmm. your company, kind of for respectability politics, like mm -hmm. side on the side of social justice, you're probably gonna be better off. Right. But I think if you just keep doing what money, just follow the money, then not all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, like you're eventually gonna be led to ruin. Like you can't, you like, it, the thing is, like, that's why, like, I feel like when this is totally, well, it's kind of related, but I feel like when Gillette put that ad out about, you know, like toxic masculinity and all these men were like, oh, no, no. it was like, Gillette was like, you still gonna buy our shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, like women will buy our shit now. We don't give a fuck. Okay. <laughs> so like, so my, my whole thing is like, if you take the right side, if you don't try to repeat history, if you take yeah. the right side of it, you'll be fine. Okay. But like, I think in this case, um, with R. Kelly being freed and all that, like, it's just, it's just baffling to me. I'm like, who the fuck is this woman anyway, actually? Um, oh, wait. Oh, this is just the fact that she's uh, childcare. She's, she's in childcare and she's still posted. Listen, I need her license taken away. I need her. I need everything taken away from her. So she, she... Kelly posted four instances of $25,000 bail. Okay, so they, it needs to be a hundred grand. You put a hundred grand out for this gross, ashy ass, raggedy ass Negro to get out of jail. Really? That he didn't have, I guess. Because he, he said had, he had it. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. Like, he didn't. I don't think he. Because why wouldn't you, like, um, why wouldn't you give it if you had it? Okay. I found the letter that you said, like, he's not a monster. He's not. Look at all these priests who isn't anyone going after them. They have a summit over that right now. 
Wasn't anyone focusing on Kira Cole's missing pregnant postal worker in Chicago? Why are you trying to divert us from the actual problem, ma'am? Yeah, I'm thinking it's kind of like your point of putting playing the what Blame. aboutism. Right, yeah, like what if, like, oh no, but what about the. No. Yeah, like, well, you can chew gum and walk at the same time. We are taking care of those priests. I right. mean, even like right now in Houston, we are, people are coming out, like a good friend of mine. Who was when he was younger at sixteen? He was molested by a priest, and when the list came out, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, and the guy's like in his forties right now, so I'm thinking we are calling out these priests in the Houston, right? Like, dogs all over there, right? Yeah, like there was a there's actually a priest in my like somewhere in my area that just got you know was accused of sexual assault. So it's not like no one people aren't coming out and being like, oh yeah, this happened to me. Because again, it's about that power thing. Like, these are priests. Like, how many people, how many times have people come out uh, against priests and been like, oh, by the way, they sexually assaulted me, and the church either did nothing, they covered it up, or people are like, mm, no, they didn't. They didn't sexually. You, you're mistaken. Yeah. I'm just uh, thinking in certain environments, whether it be, like, college football or college sports, because, you know, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. or the church, mm-hmm. or the music industry. People like to cover their own, because, you mm-hmm. know, there's too much money at stake. Exactly. So people will do whatever they have to do to make it seem like it was either the victim's fault or it didn't even happen, and you're like, I don't, were you drunk? Like, did you take something? Like, are you sure that's what happened? It was a long time ago. You could be mistaken. Like, I'm sorry, but this is just, this is nonsense. Um, and this woman, I hope as she stubs her toe on a uh, door corner for the rest of her life, um, and then steps on Legos consecutively after that, and then, um, you know, gets put in jail for some not to this more to like I'm not gonna say it was money or his R. Kelly's money. He's not broke. He's gonna post a bail by Thursday. Anyway, he's my friend. I know he needed help. We have three sides to every story. His story, there's story and the truth. I can't say they're lying. It wasn't my money. If you can't say they're lying, then why the fuck did you do it? I'm not gonna say whose money was. I don't condone any man sodomizing anyone or woman he listen i'm sorry when you pay somebody's bail for because on 10 counts of sexual assault that means that you're basically saying hey boy it's okay that you made this mistake that's not really a mistake anymore it's a choice (laughs) okay i'm sorry you can you can sit up here and lie all you want but you clearly have some i'm sorry keep going i'm sorry he told me he was innocent if he did wrong uh, if he did, he did it. He's wrong. If he did it, that's wrong. He's what are you me- gonna do if he did do it, and then you look like a fucking idiot because you posted his bail? <laughs> you look like some. You look like an accomplice because you posted his goddamn bail. What are you gonna do then? I wasn't there. You wasn't there. Give him a chance. Allow him to prove his innocence. What do you mean, prove his innocence? This has been going on since we were children. Let me just Before remind we everyone. Children, since the 1980s, this, let like, me just remind everyone. Going around in Chicago exactly. Since and the, we were, we are. You were turning 25 in like three days. This has been going on for longer than a quarter of a century. And you're telling me that let him prove his innocence? He's been taken to court multiple times. People have been went on a documentary and said, "Fuck yeah, I think he did it." And even his family. Exactly. Even his family, and even the family that defended him, still made him look like he did it. Okay, like you can't sit up here and be like, "Oh, let him prove his innocence." Prove what innocence? He literally told you in his music, with his words, in like tape, that he fucking did it. 
What more do you want? Do you want him to do it right in front of you so that you can prove it even more? Like, oh, well, I saw him do it with my own eyes, but I may have been on drugs. So who knows if he actually did it or not? Is that what you're going to say next? Really? Yeah, really? He's only been a gentleman to me. The prosecutor's attorney, Gerald. That's because you're not young enough for him to not be a gentleman to you. <laughs> needs to be prosecuting the priest that we're seeking with five and six-year-old children. Let him have his chance in court to prove he's innocent or guilty as a friend. If you say he's innocent, I can only believe that he's innocent. I'm not supporting any pedophile. Um, yes, you are. Fuck you. I don't support that at all. He was going to get out regardless. I just went there out there to help my friend. No one's giving the stories that really need attention the coverage they deserve. Fuck you, lady. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck everything about you. I just... You're disgusting. You're disgusting. I hope worse happens to you just because you put that stupid letter out there. I hope you actually step on a nail. That's rude. But I hope you actually, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not like a, like a, I'm not like discovering paganism so I can put curses on people, but I might actually put a fucking curse on you. Okay. <laughs> you're the fucking worst. Okay. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, you're disgusting, and let me see, is there anything else in here that needs to be said um, about this? Oh, okay, so the place she works at, oh yeah, I'm just following for the wrong one, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, they said she's owner of several restaurants. Oh yeah, as well please. As a child, Chicago child care facility called the Ward and Child Christian Daycare. Oh yes, please, don't go, and don't bring your children there, because she don't let R. Kelly molest them. Uh, don't bring... <laughs> Don't go to any more of her restaurants because she probably makes nasty-ass food anyway. Please do not support this woman anymore. Please don't. I hope that all of her businesses fail. She goes into bankrupt and that she realizes that she's at rock bottom, what she's done, okay, for um, enabling this man to basically sexually assault all these children. Good job. Thank you so much, ma'am. Fuck you so hard. <laughs> Anyway, nobody wants to be in jail. Man, fuck you. Some people need, nobody wants to be in jail, but people need to be in jail. Um, so I don't really have anything else to say. Clearly, I'm very upset about this. <laughs> um, so let's move on before I literally spend the next half an hour, like, going off. And they have to bleep out half of this podcast. Um... Uh, let's see. Speaking of terrible men and court, Michael Cohen testified. Um, let me see. What day did he testify? Was it Thursday? Was it Thursday or Wednesday? Do you remember? Let me see. Uh, la 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 la. March 1st, 2019. After testify Wednesday. He testified on Wednesday. He testified before a house committee on Wednesday. Um... Let's see. Assembling a presentation for sympathetic political donors. They listed points of weakness for Mrs. Trump, Mr. Trump, such as tweeting temperament and criminality corruption. So let's see. Um, with Mr. Cohen's appearance before the House Committee, a public airing of ethical transgressions by Mr. Trump reached a new face. Uh, let's see. What did he say, though? Um... Let's see. Oh, gross. Two in five American support. Oh, God. Trump has two in five American supporters. That's way too high. What is that percentage wise? Like, well, I just like the fact that he's not like any other politician. That's not a good thing necessarily. Yeah, he stick it to the man. Yeah. I mean, he said what's on his mind. He's yeah, he probably him. sticks it in a Russian man. 
<laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. His own part fostering particular loyalty among Christian conservatives. Fucking course he has like Christian conservatives under his wing. But like, where is the? Yeah, that was like really surprising because I'm thinking the Christian part because I thought you know you really hate adulterers and here he is hanging out with like porn stars. Listen, Christian conservatives is just a nice way of saying white supremacists. <laughs> Like, do you know, there's actually, so, unfortunately, I still go to church, um, and there's, uh, there's this, I sing in the choir, and there's this guy who comes to, like, church every Sunday, my mass in particular, with a MAGA hat on. <laughs> it's just, and he sits right up in the front, right closest to the, closest to the judging eyes of Jesus Christ on the cross, okay? Just... Sits right up front, no shame in his goddamn game, with a MAGA hat on. And I read something really interesting the other day, um, and it was, you can say that Trump supporters um, aren't xenophobic, racist, sexist, all the other ist in the book, but you did vote for a xenophobic, a racist, a sexist, a misogynist. And so what you, I, what I am calling you is an enabler. They're like, you looked at this man who is basically the lowest of the low, the dirt on the bottom of your goddamn shoe. I'm paraphrasing now. <laughs> and you said, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. That gets me so horny. <laughs> Just, that's, the, what, that's what I want in office. That's, yeah. So you can sit up here till you're blue in the face and tell me that you're not a, an ist or some sort of ist, but you voted for one, so clearly you support all those ideas. So I get it, just to get the liberals. Yeah, right. Go fuck yourself. Um, I can't find it. Well, what does he say though? This article is not helping me. God damn it, New York Times. Yeah, that's like Trump called the feeling New York Times. <laughs> No, well, they didn't give me anything that I wanted. Michael D. Cohen's congressional testimony. Okay, let's see. Maybe this will help me. Um, oh, it was a live chat. This is a great. I love it. Um, so he took the witness stand at 10 a.m. Um, um, let's see. The House Republicans are trying to set a pre-hearing mood. They set up three large posters quoting the federal judge in the Southern District of New York discussing Mr. Cohen's crimes. Mr. Cohen appears to have lost his moral compass, one of them says. Okay. Um, let's see. Ooh, let's see. Um, so, is planes being in the room? Patent's presence is interesting for me. One thing that is going to be hard for Republicans to argue is that Trump hardly knew the guy. Which you can't yeah. because he was his lawyer. Um, he said he had many lawyers. Okay, but you, like, that was your boy, though. Everybody, no, I barely know anything about any of Trump's people because they get recycled, like, uh, I don't even fucking know a good, they get recycled, like, who knows what, so, like, but I know enough to know that Michael Cohen was your boy, that was your G, that was fam to you, if you knew any of, like, black slang or whatever, like, you, that's what you would call him, okay, so that's all I'm saying, that was his dude, Okay, so I should note the president has already started trying to do an I hardly know the guy about Cohen. 
He tweeted overnight that Cohen was one of many lawyers who worked for him. There weren't many, but there were others. That said, Cohen's office was down the hall from Trump's at Trump Tower. Ha ha ha. How interesting. Um, I think the biggest news from the opening statement that Cohen is planning to give, other than the fact that it exists, is that Cohen is bringing receipts for checks that were paid to him as reimbursement for the hush money payments he gave to Stormy Daniels. So, I'm sorry, that's damning as, as fuck. Like, what do you what do you think he's going to do? This is a tweet from Donald Trump. Michael Cohen was one of many lawyers who represented me, unfortunately. He had other clients also. He was just as barred by the state Supreme Court for lying and fraud. He did bad things unrelated to Trump. First of all, why are you referring to yourself in the third person? What the fuck? I don't, I do that mostly in jest, okay? I don't go around going, Nicolette is now stepping on the gravel. Like, I do, like, I wouldn't want people to distrust I mean, you're me. not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Or, well, never mind, he did work for the WWE for a while. But then he got Stone Cold Stunner by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, you can't refer to yourself in the third person. Like, we're not on The Apprentice. Shut the fuck up. You're like, fired. You're fired, Trump. <laughs> He is lying in order to reduce his present time using crooked using crooked's lawyer. Whatever. Um, there are two checks that we know of that he will present. One is signed by the President Trump deep into the first year of presidency. The other is signed by Donald Trump Jr. and Alan Whistleberg, the Trump Organization CFO. Okay, so they can't really explain this away. It is worth noting that we would not be here had the Wall Street Journal not aggressively pursued a story that the president may have paid off Starling Daniels and another woman, Carrie McDougall, to keep them from take talking during the election. Um, let's see. Um, Mr. Cohen will be saying it in his own voice on her oath. So basically, like the testimony that he gave, like in his opening statement, was really mostly things that has already have already been said. Um, so I really don't think it was as big of a deal as people made it out to be. Um, and therefore, um, let's see, he's in a blue tie. Isn't that nice? Um, on one note on the committee questioning Cohen today, the House Oversight and Reform Committee, this group is one of Congress's biggest panels with a broad investigative mandate. Among its members are some of the House's most compelling voices, both allies and opponents. Um, Cohen is essentially saying that when Trump made clear to him he should lie, it was in the way he talks. Representative Mark Meadows has immediately interrupted Mr. Cummings. He is saying that Cohen intentionally held back his testimony and broke committee rules. He wanted to postpone the hearing. Hmm. Meadows is the first person to mention Don Jean, the Watergate era lawyer who condemned Nixon. Oh, okay. Um Basically, Democrats and Republicans are arguing over procedural rules. I want to mention again that Leanne Patton, an HDU official, is sitting directly behind Meadows. Hmm. So basically, it seems like everything that he was saying, uh, I tried to postpone it, I think. The Republicans tried to postpone it, and the Democrats are like, fuck that. <laughs> We're doing whatever the fuck he want, we want. Um... There's this is a line from Cohen's testimony that he seems prepared to use to explain why Trump can be such a jumble of contradictions. He's capable of behaving kindly, but he's not kind. He is capable of committing acts of generosity, but he's not generous. He's capable of being loyal, but he's fundamentally disloyal. 
Oh, there's a PDF of Cohen's testimony. Thank God. I don't have to go through all these tweets. <laughs> I mean, they're very entertaining, but I'm sure it's not very entertaining for y'all to just listen to me rattle off random facts from these tweets. Yeah. yeah, just like, okay, girl, get to the meat. Get to the juiciness. I'm trying, y'all. Like, the internet in here is shitty. Um, <laughs> Sad. Trying to connect my computer for the last, I don't know, 20 minutes? Yeah, it's not oh, good. I'll just use my cell phone. It's good. Yeah, I'm trying okay, to use we'll my... do it live. Okay, we'll do it live. Um, okay, well, hurry up, damn it. 20 pages? Jesus Christ. Now, you want me to download 20 pages? Good God, okay? If this is all some bullshit, I swear to God. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Sidebar while this is loading. Today is Texas Independence Day, y'all. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, so cool, Texas. Um, they, we have some problems, but we're here. We're trying. Well, and then on top of that, Texas is actually, I think they're trying to make Texas to a purple state because I think like the bigger cities, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston are pretty much open-minded and liberal. And it's like a giant melting pot. Well, I actually think um, America's more of a salad than a melting pot. Same. Yeah. Because like, even though you have your tomatoes and onions, some people put some like carrots in there everyone still keeps their own unique identity but mm-hmm. we all mix up so you can have like a taco salad or mm-hmm. a kale salad yeah depending on what you want um so i finally downloaded this thank god it took forever yes yeah, so um, it's texas so back in march 2nd 1836 mm-hmm. texas got their independence from mexico hell yeah guys we got our independence from mexico we almost all died but it's okay <laughs> yes, we got it from the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. So, and then afterwards, we were cool, but then we realized, okay, we can't handle this on our own. Then we became part of the United States, mm-hmm. but then we loved slavery, and we were part of the Confederacy. I know we can't make up our fucking mind, but we're the Lone Star State. Yeah, we are the Lone. We actually have a pledge. I remember I saw all these tweets of people going, "Oh my God, Texas has a pledge. Are y'all a cult?" <laughs> and it's like. We may be, I don't fucking yes. know. Stars and bright are deep and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Anyway, um, let's see. Okay, so I finally downloaded this goddamn testimony. Um, so let's see. Um, people, he was like, I realize some of you may doubt and attack my credibility. Um, it is a reason that I have incorporated into this opening statement documents that are irrefutable and demonstrate that an information for you is uh he will hear is accurate and truthful he said never in a million years did i imagine when i accepted a job in 2007 to work for donald trump that i would he would one day run for president launch a campaign on a platform of hate and intolerance and actually win i regret the day i said yes to trump no you fucking did it i'm sorry i had to i'm gonna interrupt myself several times so i can just call bullshit on this whole thing you didn't listen you were probably a money hungry ass white man okay just like lots of other people not just white men but lots of I mean them. people just probably accepted for money Omarosa I'm not sure where she stands but she yeah. probably did it for the money yeah she did it for the money guys he said I'm ashamed of my own failings and I publicly accept responsibility for them by pleading guilty in the southern district of New York he said I'm ashamed of my weakness I'm ashamed that I chose to take part in concealing Mr. Trump's illicit acts rather than listening to my own conscience well you you as well as many other men probably like what the fuck ever okay he's saying i'm ashamed because i know what he is a racist a con man and a cheat um he was a presidential candidate who knew that roger stone was talking with julia assange about WikiLeaks drop of democratic national committee emails 
which he will explain in a few moments. He's providing a copy of a check he wrote from his personal bank account after he became president to reimburse the hush money payments he made, copies of financial statements for 2011 to 2013, a copy of an article with his handwriting on it that reported an auction of a portrait of himself. Uh, wait, who the fuck would want a portrait of whatever copies of letters he wrote to mr trump's direction that threatened his high school colleges and college board not to release his grades or sat scores um why were they terrible they probably were terrible um i hope my appearance here today my guilty plea and my work with law enforcement agencies steps along a path of redemption okay um okay let's see he lied to congress about when mr trump stopped negotiating with the moscow tower project in russia he stated we stopped negotiating during 2016. That was false. And negotiations continued for months later during the campaign. Mr. Trump did not directly tell me to lie to Congress. That's not how he operates. Um, he would look me in the eye and tell me there's no business in Russia and then go out and lie to the American people by saying the same thing. So I think Trump typically operates on this like if I say it enough times, it's true. Yeah. Like if I say that I'm not a racist, it's true. Revolution, I, I love the black. Exactly. If he says that, he probably looks in the mirror and tries to hypnotize himself. Like, I love black people. I love black people. I love just, I love it. I love black people. <laughs> like, day in and day out, just hypnotizes his own goddamn self. So that way, when he says these blatant ass lies, they don't feel like lies to him because he just hypnotized himself this morning. <laughs> so, like, um,. Let's see. To be clear, Mr. Trump knew of and directed the Trump Moscow negotiations, blah, blah, blah. So he lied about it because he made it clear to me that I should. Over the past few years, he's been smeared as a rat because he probably fucking are. Um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Things about his personal life that I don't give a fuck about. Um, he talks about Trump. I don't care about that shit either. Um, he's a racist. He says that more than once. He's a cheat. He also says that more than once. Um, a wire transfers like this is, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't wrap my brain around. I don't want to read any more of this nonsense. I can't wrap my brain around the fact that you, that somebody came to you, somebody who's supposed to be one of the richest men or purports to be one of the richer men in America. <laughs> And goes, hey, can you take out $130,000 and pay off these people for me just so they'll shut the fuck up while I'm trying to run for president? And you were like, okay, cool. Why the fuck wouldn't you be like, why? <laughs> what the fuck did you do? I'm sorry, we're best friends, but if you came up to me right now, I was like, Nicolette, I need $130,000. For you to give to two separate men so they could shut the fuck up so I can get a job. I would be all like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> <laughs> they know my news. They like silence it. Silence it. Make it go away. Like, I'm sorry, like, does your... They're not wrong about the fact that Cohen's moral compass is all fucking skewed. Yeah. But, like, you know, that's what greed does to you. Like, you... Did Oh, sorry. I thought I heard something. That's what greed does to you. You just do whatever you feel like you have to do in order to get money. If, even if that means that later you're going to be in front of the, the United States of America trying to tell them to undo all the work that you did to get the money that you've already lost. And you probably are going to have to pay even more of and it's not even worth it. Okay, it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. How could you not have the foresight to see where this was going? Okay. 
How could you not? How could there have been no like alarm bells, no red flags, no voice in your head, no conscience, as you say, that said to you, hmm, maybe I shouldn't take out like a sizable like loan. Well, or... he also worked with other people. I think he also worked with like Sean Hannity and Bill O'Reilly as well. Those are also gross people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, how could you? Like, yeah, I'm thinking. Well, it's just a typical Tuesday day. Just gotta pay like thousands upon thousands of dollars out of my own personal bank account so that I can get these men where they need to go. Like, that's a detriment to you. I don't understand. I would think that somebody that's that greedy would be self-preservative. They would be all like, wait a second, you're jeopardizing my money for your own safety? No, no, no. That's not cool. If I was a greedy mofo, that was how I, that's how I would think. I would be like, <laughs> if somebody, again, if you came up to me and you were like, and we had made money together, and all of a sudden you were like, like millions, and all of a sudden you came to me and you were like, Hey, I need you to pay off two people. I'd be all like, nah, bitch, you on your own. Okay? I'm not jeopardizing my safety or my my bag for you. Okay? So it makes no sense to me. This is like a weird, like, weird commigulation of greed and, like, loyalty that I don't understand from, like, a, like a white man's... Pre- I don't get it. I don't get why the fuck you do it, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, Michael Cohen testified. As you can hear, he has some receipts literal receipts and mm-hmm. receipts in the in the you know yeah, as, as say, check, the check the receipts he has them somebody throw trump in jail already and keep him there also throw r kelly in jail and keep him fucking there for god's sakes and then throw cohen in jail and keep him there because that's obviously where it needs to be and i'm not talking about no cushy ass jail cell pretend he's black and throw them <laughs> in jail cell that you put a black man in that's all i'm saying black poor black man not R. Kelly level black man. Or O.J. Simpson. Or Bill Cosby. Okay? I'm talking about poor ass black man. Well, I'm guessing on a positive note, mm-hmm. Cardi B breaks Garth Brooks record and uh, Houston Rodeo attendance record. Yes. I was like, go girl, yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so I like it like that. Yeah, according to the Houston Chronicle, tickets sold out for 40 minutes to Cardi B. Bro, yes. Yes. Um. Then, you know, she just beat it up and... Garth Brooks record, no, like George Strait record, who was up and coming back in like 1983. So she completely shattered that record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said the purpose, and she says a shout out, the purpose of the rodeo is to collect money to give scholarships out. She mm-hmm. said, yeah. between sets, any job you pick, whether it's a doctor or a fucking stripper, you're going to need some education. Mm-hmm. And most rappers aren't at the rodeo, said so one person going there, said so it's very diverse. So that's pretty good that the rodeo decided to expand their horizons. Yeah. So I'm glad that the Houston Rodeo likes to expand to different pop stars, singers, Mm -hmm. and rappers, and they raise like $14 million in scholarships. Mm -hmm. So especially, because I have friends back in high school who were big in like FFA and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, and they get their own bowl and they start selling it. So I'm really happy. So that's really good news. Yeah, it is really good news. So good job. And other news of black excellence. Ugh. The Oscars, I did not watch them because I ain't got no time to be sitting up on a Sunday night watching y'all, like, win things, but good job. Um, so, let's see. Um, the winners by category, okay, um, these are people we don't care about because they're white. Performance by actor in a leading role, the winner was Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody, which is good for him, like, awesome. Also, side note, he was in, like, Twilight. Hmm. And he was in like the last movie that I 
didn't see because I only watched part the first two. one. Part two. Performance by an actor in supporting role was Mahershala Ali in Green Book. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a win. It's kind of a victory, but it's also kind of not a victory because Green Book wasn't really about us. Somebody said the other day, they were like, how you going to have a movie about an accomplished black pianist and then make it all about his races as Uber driver. <laughs> well, this is kind of like one of those feel-good movies for white people. Yeah, like, we, they put it out there. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, look, here's a black dude, but it's all about you still. Yeah, I'm thinking, look, you're black, I'm white, and I know it's a racist time, but let's be friends. But let's be friends, like, whatever. Um, performance by an actress in a leading role, that was Olivia Coleman. they said, from The Favorite, which is apparently about... Um, a whole bunch of uh, white women in the... I know everything's about race right now. A whole bunch of, like, spoiled-ass white women in a... In a uh, I don't remember, like, what what era it was. Like, a, Elizabethan? Elizabethan, I think, like, time? Where Victorian? Victorian, one of those. They were in fucking England, okay? And they, <laughs> they wanted to... They were trying to, like, win over, like, I get either the crown or some special spot or something. That's why it's called the favorite, okay? And she won, and it was great. Um, performance by actors in a supporting role for Gina King, finally, from nice. It Beast Mill Street Could Talk, which I still haven't seen, and I had to watch, okay? But Regina King, finally, thank you, ma'am. Give her her dues. She is amazing. Oh, my God. Okay? Like, listen. Uh, best animated feature film of the year. Um, That went to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Yes. And, and what I really love about that, the win, because a lot of people say, oh, when, like, Miles Morales first came out, like, I think, like, 2008, 2009, like, thinking, oh, you can't make Spider-Man black. No one would accept it. I'm thinking, here he is. With a super successful yes. movie and uh -huh. accepted to the Spider-Man canon. I don't know why anybody would even say that. Like, why you wouldn't accept Spider-Man's black blood? Why? Why? He's in a costume. Yeah, because really, I'm thinking um, Peter Parker, yeah, you can keep Peter Parker white, but I'm thinking you can't speak Spider-Man white, because Spider-Man, the way I see it, is a title. Anybody yes. can be Spider-Man. Anybody can be Spider-Man. Yeah, most superheroes, anybody could be Spider-Man. It's kind of like, see, it's kind of like when people were arguing that... Um, who was it? Idris Elba couldn't play um, James, Bond. James Bond, which I mean, there's a good argument because like, there's not a lot of, like there's not a ton of black people, so if he was like Bond, James Bond, you know he's not like a regular looking white dude so yeah, that would make but, sense, but still it's a title, anybody can be James but Bond But also what pisses me off, there are black people in Britain, like I have yeah. cousins who were born and raised Yeah, in so saying that there's no black people in Britain is, is stupid and you can't like be all like, oh you can't be black because there's no, no, yes he can it's And if they have to be British, because Idris Elba was born and raised in London, first mm -hmm. gen, and on top of that, thinking, oh, it's British, but they're one of the most famous Bond actors is Scottish. Right. So I'm thinking, is it really, you don't want a black guy, or you have to be British, okay, but then one of the most famous James Bond is Scottish. Like, it's like, so your your logic doesn't make sense. So, yeah, like, Same you can't... Yeah, you can't sit up here and be like, all these characters that you're used to being white can't be any other color because, oh, nobody's going to, that's a lie. Like, you're trying to act like Doctor Who can't be a woman, why not? What is your, what is your, why can't she be a woman? Why can't Spider-Man be a black dude? Why can't you just, like, why can't you just have a play bond? Like, your, your arguments are invalid, just admit you're a racist and you don't want to see, like, your favorite character to turn black or me female or whatever. Okay, that's like the same people who are like, the Ghostbusters can't be female. Why the fuck not? 
Well, I'm thinking with the argument with Ghostbusters, what I thought was interesting is that really wasn't female. It just kind of like they just ignore the new Ghostbusters. I'm thinking that's why it kind of sucked because yeah. you're thinking female empowerment, female empowerment, whereas thinking, okay, you're kind of neglecting the good story mm-hmm. and the yeah. characters. So I'm thinking, and a lot of people complained that the black character in uh, the Ghostbusters reboot was kind of too stereotypical right. versus the original black guy in Ghostbusters who was also a scientist. Right, yeah. So it's like there are some instances where they do do these like flip the scripts where they change like the identity of the characters and it doesn't work but that not, that's not an argument against it happening ever again yeah like you can't just sit up here and use the ghostbusters or like what was that other one with the whole female cast uh, uh oceans, eight. oceans eight or something like just because you didn't like it or just because you felt like it didn't do justice to the character blah, blah blah you can't sit up here and act like oh it can't happen because blah blah no nobody cares about your fragile white feelings billy go sit down somewhere okay yeah, so my <laughs> argument is that it has to be good not just because it's black because i think it's yeah. trying to be like black panther just thinking Let's put a bunch of black people in there. I'm thinking what makes black fans are good. Right. I mean, not just the black cast, that everything was good. Ryan right. Coogler, yes. I'm a huge fan of him. I love Creed. Yes. And all the actors are kind of like the bomb.com and talk oh, their yes, games. I love fucking all of those people. And on top of that, I love the soundtrack. The visuals were nice. Yes. And on top of that, um, it's a Marvel movie, so mm-hmm. I love superheroes. Yes. So it was just all around just amazing, and I'm mad that it didn't win. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, achievement in cinematography nominees was Roma. Roma is actually a really good movie, like on Netflix. Y'all should check it out. Hella interesting. So, so much like like subtle messages, like subtle in that movie. Like it's really like so. If you like that kind of thing, like you should definitely watch it. Black Panther won for achievement in costume costume design because everybody looked fucking on point in that movie. Okay, makeup, the hair. Yes, and I think it's the first black people ever win in that category. So. Yeah. Probably Props to them. Props to them. And yeah, and I think I heard in makeup that, or costume, one of them, that the woman who won, the uh, Ruth Carter, it was either Ruth Carter or the woman who won for makeup, I'll get to her in a second, that she has been doing like, or I think it was costume design. She's been doing costume design for people for ages and it has been amazing and she has not won. And so it's like, uh, excuse me, why didn't you give this woman her just due? Why are you waiting till now? Oh, it's 20 motherfucking 19. Okay, this woman has been in the business for a very long time. Like it's been, the, I feel the same way with Gina King. Okay, she gave us Huey and uh, <laughs> and the Boondocks. She gave us two incredible voices, and nobody gave her shit for that. Yo, Riley, no. Riley, Huey and Riley, they're amazing. Nobody gave us shit. That's nonsense. You better give us our coins. <laughs> give us our awards. Give us the shiny. Okay. Achievement in directing nominees. Um, Roma won again. Alfonso Coron. Congratulations to him. He won too. Um, best documentary feature nominees. Free Solo. Don't know anything about that, but a uh, good job, Elizabeth Chai. Varsh. I'm gonna butcher this man's. Oh, that's her last name. Okay, Jimmy Chin, Eve, Evan Hayes, and Shannon Dill. Good job. Is that about a guy for that documentary? I think I remember listening to like NPR about that. It's about a guy who's like free um climbing a mountain and the thing Ooh. is they have to like be really careful when they're trying to perform um film this guy because one uh-huh. bad move from the cameraman he can fall off right exactly yeah so good job uh, you deserve that because you risked your goddamn life <laughs> okay 
Um, but best documentary, short subject nominees, period, and a sentence. Raya, Rayka Zetchby and Melissa Burton. Good job. Uh, I really want to watch it now because after it was described, it's about basically, you know, period. It's about the menstrual cycle. Yeah. I'm a woman. I like learning things. So yeah. I definitely want to watch that. Um, Achievement in film editing, Bohemian Rhapsody won. Good job for John Onaman. Um, Roma won again for best foreign language film of the year. Woohoo, Roma. Um, Achievement in makeup and hairstyling nominees, Vice won. Um, Achievement in music written for motion pictures, original score, Black Panther, Ludwig Göransson, which is not technically a win to us because that guy's white. Um, but, but the soundtrack was pretty damn good. It was pretty damn good. I'll give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shallow from A Star is Born won for um, Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures over All the Stars, which I don't know why, because All the Stars is a bop. Okay. <laughs> all the stars. Best motion picture of the year. We were robbed. It was given to Green Book. Um, Achievement in Production Design, Black Panther won. Good job, Hannah Beachler and Jay Hart. I did my best, and my best is good enough. Like, good job, Hannah Beachler. Um, best Animated Short Film nominees, Bao. So good job, job Dami Shi and Becky Neiman Cobb. Uh, best Live Action Short Film, Skin. I don't know what that's about, but good job. Achievement in Sound Editing, Bohemian Rhapsody. Achievement in Sound Mixing, Bohemian Rhapsody. Achievement in Visual Effects, First Man. Achievement in Screenplay nominees, Black Klansman. So good job, Spike Lee, Charlie Wetchell, David Robinwitz, Rabinwitz. Yeah, I think this is like Spike Lee's first Oscar win. Yeah, I know. And I I heard that he made a very good, but very interesting speech. Yeah. I and he that. told that he, like, yeah, like, did you hear that he got up on stage and was like, don't you dare cut that fucking music off <laughs> <laughs> while I'm talking, damn it. I feel far from I need to watch Black Klansman because it does yeah. have some importance based on a true story mm -hmm. i want to watch it too my parents have watched it and i haven't gotten a chance to watch it but he said one of the good quotes from his speech was make the moral choice between love versus hate let's do the right thing you know i had to get that in there and <laughs> go spike lee um original screenplay nominees green book one uh and uh that was it so good job to all the winners of the oscars thank you oscar for finally realizing that we are fucking talented and we need all the awards <laughs> okay, good job. Hopefully, they just do like see black people. We did it one year, so hopefully, they don't continue on with Oscar so wide. Hopefully, um, we get like an Asian nominees or Native Americans. Oh, yeah. So probably like diversify that. Yeah, I mean we there there was some there was some awards given to um to Hispanic nominees, and I think one of them was Asian. Like two the the people who drew period the end of sentence the end of the sentence. I think they're both Asian. And then like a couple of people worked with a couple of Asians were in some white amongst some white people and they wanted to think so. But hopefully we can get yeah, definitely more diverse. Um uh so that's all I have for um uh, the good, the bad, and what did I say was ugly? Okay, what about the history of Mardi Gras? Oh yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna take a quick break and come right back and do that. Okay, yes, do the history of Mardi Gras, and we're back. Yes. Here we are. I have to get some water. My mouth was mouth is going dry. Um, <laughs> give me a snack after this. Oh yes, definitely. Oh, snacks. Um, so we're about to we're about to go in an escape room and yell at each other constantly. <laughs> so it's gonna be great. Um. 
But yes, before that, Mardi Gras is in three days, uh, the day of complete and total utter sin. <laughs> My birthday is the day of sin. Exactly, your birthday is the day of sin. <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, so um, if you don't know Mardi Gras, it translates into Fat Tuesday. You will probably hear it called that a lot. Um, but um, I have pulled up a little interesting article from history.com about uh, Mardi Gras, the history of Mardi Gras. And then I guess we could both kind of talk about our experiences in Mardi Gras um, mm-hmm. because they do actually have Mardi Gras here in Galveston. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to one, but um, I heard it's still interesting. It's definitely not on the scale of New Orleans Mardi Gras, yeah. but it is interesting. So Mardi Gras, for those who don't know, is a uh, Christian holiday technically. Um, because it is right before Ash Wednesday. So it is right before the start of Lent. So that's why it's called Fat Tuesday, because everybody gets all of their shit out of the way before they give up all that shit on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> okay? And basically, that's like the, that's like the, the paraphrase of like what Fat Tuesday is all about. So you eat, you drink, you be merry, you commit things, you commit sins that hopefully won't get you put in jail. And then the next day you go to church and you act like you holy and you give up something for 40 days. Um, so yeah, it's also known as carnival or carnival for other countries and with Roman Catholic populations. So like Brazil, um, you know, uh, Rome, stuff like that. Um, New Orleans, obviously, does it the best. And actually, Mardi Gras, because we learned about this in the Mardi Gras um, Museum. Was it the... Yeah. Remember yeah. we went in New Orleans? Um, we learned that Mardi Gras um, was actually started in... What was it called? Mobile? Mobile? Was it Mobile? Uh, not Mobile, Louisiana, but it was Mobile yeah. something. Yeah. Found city of Mobile, present-day Alabama. Yeah. So it was Mobile, Alabama. But... Um, you know, of course, uh, New Orleans took it and did it 20 times better. Um, um, so Mardi Gras, it dates back like thousands of years. And um, it's uh, basically it's kind of like the same as Saturnalia. So like like where you drink wine and celebration yeah. springs coming. Right. You know. Um, religious leaders decided to take this shit because they do that all the time. And <laughs> the Christians decided to take this shit and they're like, no, nah, we're not going to call it that. We're going to call it uh, Fat Tuesday. Yeah, that makes so. I mean, a lot of times, like, Christianity thinking, since, you know, it was relatively new, I mean, Christianity started today, we consider it cold. Mm-hmm. I think it was small, well, thinking, okay, we're going to need some pagan shit. So, right. thinking, how about this thing called Christmas, Easter, Mardi Gras? Mm-hmm. Come join us. Come join us, yes. It's much better than all those other things that they used to celebrate because they're heathens and weird ordained by god <laughs> basically oh, wow. we can do that yes exactly so uh mardi gras is the prelude to lent lent is the season of 40 days um not including saturdays and sundays i think it's 40 days um and it typically takes place from either february to like early april but this year will be march to Let's see, when is Easter this year? When is Easter? Fuck. <laughs> I think like last year Easter was on April Fool's. It, last year April was on uh, Easter was on April Fool's. But uh Ash Wednesday was somewhere around uh somewhere around Valentine's Day. So this year it's gonna be a little later. So this year it's April twenty first. Um, so, so yeah, from 40 days, so it's March 5th to April 21st this year, that is your 40 days, um, Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday, um, 
Mardi Gras means obviously Fat Tuesday. Um, so yes, it's rich fatty foods, meat, egg, milk, lard, cheese, all the things that will give you diabetes now. Hypertension. <laughs> mm-hmm. The most common, I think, cause of death in America is heart disease. Yeah. So basically, we they we eat all these things on Tuesday because when Lent comes around, it will it changed, but it used to be forty days of fasting. So all you would eat is like fish and other lean products and of meat. Okay. So um, it says it means to take away or remove meat. Um, for like carnival, that's what they called it, carnival. It's taking away or removing meat. Um, in Mardi Gras, of course, in New Orleans, it's a whole giant thing. Um, yeah. They celebrate, actually, in New Orleans, they start celebrating like a month prior yeah. to when Fat Tuesday is. So they're like, nah, why a day when we could have a whole 30 days? Okay. So they, they typically start celebrating. This year, they probably started celebrating in February. But they typically start celebrating in January if it's going to take place in February or, you know, like a whole month prior. Um, And actually, I had, I had one of my friends from work. He was like, I was telling him about it. And he was like, yeah, that was why. He's like, that must have been why all the people that I worked with from New Orleans would constantly be gone. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, they were celebrating. Um, so, um, it started in March 3rd, 1699, when French explorers Pierre Lemont d'Iberville and Sir de Bienville landed near present day New Orleans, Louisiana, held a small celebration and dubbed their spot Point du Mardi Gras. Okay. Decades that followed and other French settlements became popping up, okay? Um, they did street parties, mass balls, lavish dinners. So present day, the reason they celebrate so early is because they're doing, like, fundraisers. You know, you remember when they talked about those. Like, they'll do giant grand balls where they'll raise money for parades. And a lot of people don't know this, but we learned this at the, at the Mardi Gras Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is through voluntary fundraising yeah the state doesn't pay for shit okay except police i think to basically kind of control the crowd but they don't pay for shit everything is basically donor uh yeah yeah fundraised so they'll hold these lavish huge parties and uh take all these people's money so that they can buy you know the bees that they throw out to people in the crowds the other little cute things the masks they're gonna wear the costumes they're gonna wear um the how they're gonna decorate their float because they have to start planning that they basically start planning the next mardi gras immediately after yeah, because it takes so much time to put through these, like, statues mm-hmm. and, like, at the Mardi Gras, they, like, recycle some of the floats. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we have this one Tim Tebow, which is turning to Tom Cruise, yeah. vice versa, and it's just huge with yes. a capital Y, as Trump said. Oh, God, yeah, it is. They, and they, and it's so interesting, like, of course, like, it's made out of different materials, but a lot of it, you remember, was made out of, like, styrofoam. Yeah, styrofoam, I think, is easier right. to do than, like, the traditional, I think, machete, um, what's it called? Not machete, but, um, <laughs> machete. Um, paper mache. mache. Yeah, yes. mache. Uh-huh. But I don't think it's very much, I don't think it's waterproof, or then they use, like, the plastic glass. 
things yeah. that that's kind of like really heavy because I remember yeah. like riding on one of the Jaguar things, like jumping on it when we're taking pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really there. So they'll like laser cut like the styrofoam into what they need it to be, or they'll take like we like she's like Belmar said, they'll recycle and they'll take whatever like old things and they'll like mash it together into some new thing. So it's really interesting the way, and of course they have to, I think too, they raise money to give to these artists or them to make all these floats because yeah. I think they said they don't have that many artists on yeah. hand at the museum because the museum makes pretty much, they do it there. They make pretty much all the floats yeah. for, and there's like, and Mardi Gras, of course, is not some small thing. It's like 50, 30 to 50 like floats yeah um in a parade and so and of course you also have to man all these floats so you have to get all these people to like voluntarily give their money like you have to pay a due to be yeah. on a mighty Gras float yeah things like thirty one thousand. yeah it's not cheap like you it's a couple thousand dollars like belmar said to be on this float and this is you're paying to sit on a stand on a float for eight hours okay <laughs> with limited bathrooms and limited food Okay, so, I mean, th that shows you how much, like, the people of New Orleans love this thing because they're paying to basically do a job <laughs> <laughs> that will not give them anything back but joy of the people. So, yeah, they, um, it's really cool. Um, let's see, what else? Um, ooh, we should, uh, oh, the Spanish took control of New Orleans. Um, they abolished it, rude. And then Louisiana became a state in 1812, and uh, in 1827, uh, it started back up because students donned colorful costumes and danced through the street of New Orleans. Um, ten years later, the first recorded New Orleans Mardi Gras took place, parade took place. So 1837, it came back to the scale, and it started building up to the scale that it is today. Um, in 1857... A secret society of New Orleans businessmen ew, called the Mystic Crew of Como. I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> organized a torchlight Mardi Gras procession with marching bands and rolling floats, setting the tone for future public celebrations of the day. So it wasn't until 1857. My bad, I said that wrong. 1857, that's when the floats came in. Okay, since then, crews have remained a fixture of the carnival scene throughout Louisiana. Other lasting cultures include customs include throwing beads, trinkets, wearing masks. In fact, that's actually like. Mid-tour, you have to wear a mask. Yes. Um, at Mardi Gras, you cannot go out there bare face, yeah. or else you'll get fined. Yeah. Of like, I think another couple thousand dollars. So again, you're paying a thousand dollars to be on a float, and then if you accidentally forget to bring your mask a day, you get fined. <laughs> <laughs> um, and eating king cake. Oh my god, love king cake. So good. Okay. Um, the oldest Mardi Gras cruise, Rex, one of the oldest has been participating in parades since 1872. And so, like, different crews have different colors, as we learned. Um, and the older crews are will probably will be named, like, these more royal things. Like Rex, um, there's other ones that I can't remember. Zulu, Zulu has been around a long time. Yeah. Um, there's one all-female one that I can't remember the name of right now. Um... God, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. Is it Artemis? It's not Artemis. Um, it's not Artemis. I don't know what it is. Female crew. Crew. Remember to spell crew with a K. Crews. Mardi Gras. History of all female crews. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Sorry, guys. The crew of Venus in 1941. Okay, yeah. And then Venus and Iris were joined together. Then in 2000, they said a, a cruise of Muse and Oh, Muse, yes, I think that is it. Yeah, Muse. Yeah, because in 2014, the crew of Athena became the latest of all female crew of Jefferson Parish. Ooh, nice. Yeah, different parishes, which are basically like because Louisiana is such a freaking like Christian state, parishes are the names for counties. (laughs) Counties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barbados does have like different parishes, mm-hmm. like St. Joseph's Parish. Right, most Barbados. of them are named like that too. Um, but yeah, so different parishes will also do their own parades. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's Zulu, uh, like she said, there's uh, Athena, right? You said Athena, um, Muse, Bacchus. So a lot of them you'll hear will, will be named after uh, Greek mythology. Yeah. Um, the Mardi Gras Indians, Rex, which is royalty. Um, Endymion, um, let's see, who else? Ooh, Babylon, Knights of Babylon, Knights of Chaos, Knights of Nemesis, Knights of Sparta, see, look at them. Um, Crew Diatet, um, Crew De View, Crew Alla, Crew Argus, Athena, Barkis, Barkis, they're <laughs> dogs, I love it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Bush, Caesar, Carrollton, Centurion, Shahada, Chewbacca, Kachoctaw, Cleopatra, Cork, Covington, Crescent City, Dionysus, I remember Dionysus, Druids, um, like we said, uh, Eve, um, Excalibur, there's a whole bunch of crews. Hermes, or Hermes, however you pronounce Hermes, I don't really know. Those stupid bags and pronounce Hermes. Um, Isis, Jefferson, there's a whole bunch of crew. Joan of Arc, like, if you could think of a popular, like, per- there's probably a crew for it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so Mardi Gras is very interesting. Um, and now you know a little bit more about it. Um, do you have anything to add, Belmars, about Mardi Gras? Like, what has your experience with Mardi Gras been? Hmm. Well, I guess really one thing I just really look forward to is the king cake. I mean, probably not choking on the baby, but... <laughs> Yes, for those of you who don't know, King Cake has a baby. It's supposed to be Baby Jesus, and if you find Baby Jesus, it's supposed to be, I think, good luck. Um, and that doesn't also mean, like, if you found the baby, you're going to be next to host the next Mardi Gras? I think that sets it to, yeah, you host the next Mardi Gras. Um, so, yes. I know, it bears responsibility and also luck. <laughs> like, you're like, you're lucky, but also, you host the next party, though, right? Because you got a baby. Um, but, yeah. Um... Yeah, the king cake is really good. Um, God, it's just, it's so, like, I really want to go to one, but for those of you who don't know, if you want to go to a Mardi Gras, you have to book a year in advance. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, you, so, like, if you want to go to the next Mardi Gras, I would start looking for stuff right the fuck now. Yeah. Because... Like it gets full so quickly. You can't think that you're gonna go like in next year in January. Oh, I'm gonna go to Mardi. No, you're not. You're no. not going to Mardi Gras. You're not gonna, or you're going to be staying in a town over, um, and trekking all the way back and fighting for a spot in Mardi Gras in New Orleans because yeah. it's not gonna happen. I'm yeah, sorry. I think I have some peeps in New Orleans who can probably like reserve a spot that you know they're kind of like 
they live in Gretna, so of course they have like money and influence. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I'm thinking, hey, cousins. Yeah, that's right. Can we just go for Minecraft? Maybe we should go for your. Well, it probably won't be on your birthday next year, but we can go. We should go near your birthday. Um, but yeah. Um, it, the people people are just so interesting. It's just like everything. They don't give a fuck about anything during Mardi Yeah, Gras. I guess I haven't given much influence. But remember when my sister first went to New Orleans for college? They said it was like crazy, and people were like, woo, show me your tits. Bro, people get crazy as hell over Mardi Gras. It's so ridiculous, but it's so interesting. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, uh, now y'all know a little bit more about Mardi Gras. Definitely celebrate this week. Um, and yeah, for all you Christians out there, um, get all your sins out the way now so that you can be a good little Christian for your 40-day Lent journey. Yeah, but it's more of a Catholic thing. <laughs> Yeah, it is more of a Catholic thing, but you know, some people still do it. But yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's take another a really quick break and then we'll come back with Reddit relationships. Uh, yay, we have some interesting ones today. <laughs> So, I found some interesting ones from Red Relationships. This one is by Jim Bob Spider-Man. Ooh. Yes, so, this guy is 23 and his girlfriend is 21. Me and my girlfriend are one year. I see his future with her, but her telling me not to worry about her six-figure student loan debts concerning. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I know based on the title, I'll probably seem like an asshole, and if that's the truth, then tell me. I just asked you read all my posts before replying. Part of the reason why I'm even making this was that I feel like I may be an asshole because of this. I want to preface this post by saying that I very much love my girlfriend. I can see myself staying with her long term, but I keep having anxiety about her financial situation. Mm-hmm. I know I'm probably jumping the gun and that one year is very early in the relationship, but I can't help but plan ahead. We started dating little, little over a year ago, and we mm-hmm. hit it off really well. I'm about to graduate in December. I'll be starting my first non-internship job, and she will have one more year of school before graduating. About two months ago, I learned that the Parkman... Um, amount like a hundred hundred k to twelve hundred k student loans that she has. I know she has loans, but I was shocked it was such a large amount. I'll be graduating with less than fifteen k that due to scholarships, saving money from internships and jobs. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a much more average amount, like fifty k or less, because unless I'm mistaken, that amount of debt is typical for law school or medical school, and she's just pursuing a standard four year degree. On top of the debt, her desire to feel has a very low average income, forty k and under for our, our high cost of living city. She has next to no savings. very hard for her to find a job in the field. I already accepted a job in our area since there's one at the top of the companies in my field, and I would springboard my career, so moving somewhere isn't a viable option. I'll be making above an average salary, but not high enough that debt isn't extremely worrisome for me. Mm-hmm. She said that her father said he will pay the loan since he co-signed it, but if I'm being honest, I don't believe him when he said that. He's an abusive deadbeat who is terrible with money, makes horrible financial decisions. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why this is a bad loan is that he decided that he knew what it was best and got a loan with an abnormally higher interest rate instead of listening to people who are more about this than he does. I'm receiving a finance degree. I work in financial services, and I've been telling him to look into refinancing, but he's too stubborn. My girlfriend can, my girlfriend can tell that I'm worried about it and tells me, think about the money don't do not think about the money though, because it's really going to be my job to think about money and financial planning in a few months. We're talking 
we were talking last week about when we started to consider marriage. I said that I wouldn't want to get married until her debt situation was a little bit more under control. Meaning she has a steady job and has been making payments for the least few of a year. She said it wasn't fair to make me wait her that long. I disagree. I talked to my parents about my concerns. They say they were extremely disappointed in me. I told them that financial stress is one of the top reasons why relationships end. Their response was that if I break up with my girlfriend over this, then I never loved her. My father went on to say that if my mother had that much debt when he met her, he wouldn't let it get in the way. I didn't really think that fair of him to make this judgment mm -hmm. concerning that he didn't have to make that decision. And my parents are in an extremely secure financial position at this point in their life. Both my parents graduated from school debt-free and we retired within 10 years with plenty of money and savings. I'm aware that money isn't everything, but in the world we live in, it's important. Money problems put stress on both people in a relationship. That puts stress on a relationship. I'm worried that if I stay with my girlfriend long-term and things progress past being the added stress from taking the debt caused me to resent her. Too long generating the combination of my girlfriend's six-figure debt and low-paying feel that me worry about future stress and put on a relationship. Okay, so, yes, he's right. Um, finances do pretty much break, pro I would say, I'm not an expert, but I would say probably 75% of relationships probably get a yeah. divorce because of some sort of financial situation. Yeah. And he's not wrong for, like, you know, thinking about this. And if he really does love and appreciate this girl, then he's right to sit up here and be all like, okay, but what... You know, like, I can't take all, all this on. Yeah. And in today's society, expecting a man to pretty much take on all of your debt yeah. or, like, you not contributing at least, like, towards it, like, like a good amount towards it is not feasible. It's not yeah. viable. Like, two-income households are all the rage, okay? Yeah, I mean, especially this economy, and I'm assuming he lives in, like, a high cost um like probably like california or something or like maybe florida something like yeah, that like, like florida california, miami new york. los angeles new york something like that yeah, so point is yeah i agree with them i mean you're not an asshole you are concerned because right. i'm thinking that death's going to affect you both and mm -hmm. of course if you go marry her you do have a point so you're thinking your parent you're not really an asshole dude because if yeah. i were dating you i would be on the same point yeah i'm just curious why it's so expensive Right, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if she just got, like, a four-year degree, why is her, like, I got, like, a regular schmegler four-year degree, and my dad is nowhere near that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's really bad, Um, and I, I don't think, I definitely don't think he's an asshole, I agree with you, Um, I think he's right to be uh, concerned about this, and I think, like, his parents are just being so, like, so weird. And, like, it's really good that he's this fiscally responsible at yeah. such a young age. Like, he's only 23. Yeah, like, so he's about in our age group. Yeah, he's in our age group. And, like, I feel like his girlfriend is a lot... She's 21, and so maybe she's just in that point in her life where she's just kind of like, okay, whatever, I just graduated. I don't really, like, have to think about this debt. And she's not really concerned about financial matters at this point yet because she's still, you know, yeah, I'm thinking, trying to figure it all out. Um, but, like, I mean, I can't, like, fault him for because if you are going to stay with this girl, it's going to be your debt. Like, you're... It's not just hers anymore. It's also yours. And that's going to affect you when you want to get a house or you want to get a car or you want to get this or you yeah. want to get that. It's felt like you can't, like, especially, like, if you make late payments or you don't pay enough and the yeah. interest goes up and this, that, and the fourth. So, really, like, I don't blame you at all. 
for the yeah. For the so I'm thinking it's really gonna be an issue, and considering she's making like forty thousand, because I'm thinking if that devil's like if she's like a war or a law school or dental school, then okay, you can probably work through that. But if you're making forty k with that amount of debt, yeah, you're gonna be like in the black. Yeah. And on top of that, you have your own loans, and on top of that, yeah, because one person mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. They say you're one hundred percent correct to feel that way. That is a shit ton of debt and that will pay her forty K a year, guys. I do have a question. Does your girlfriend work currently? How does she manage the finances right now? Does she have a plan on she's gonna pay off a loan without your help? Does she have a plan to pay off a loan without her dad? Depending on your answers above may either be a huge red flag and a run far away verdict or a bright light at the end tunnel. Yeah, I think Listen, love is, like, great and cute, and it's cool when you, like, start out a relationship, but you have to realize it is two people coming together with their own issues, and finances are a big part of relationships. Yeah. Like, you need money to live. I'm sorry. If we lived in a better society and we did not need money to fucking live, like, this would not be an issue, but it is. And this is what we have to deal with. And so, yeah, like, it's... Yeah, I'm thinking it probably is um, a, a huge red flag. So yeah. you need to sit down thinking, oh, it's fine. Thinking, no, it isn't fine. Yeah. Because I do have a background finance, and I, I'm probably a better person to listen to than your dad. Exactly. Dad, he won't refinance the loan. Right. Yeah, and even if he's, like, even if he's, like, exaggerated or something about her dad, he still is not, you know... Is he currently paying it off or not? Like, yeah. like what what kind of like money situation is he in? Can he afford to do that? What kind of money is he making? Yeah. Like, I think your parents have an idealized version of love that they're like going off of, and that's hunky dory. Probably because they didn't have any of these financial issues. I'm gonna assume your parents are probably like what forty, may forties, fifties, or something like that. So they were like. born before all of the shit took place and so like they didn't have these issues okay and they're about to retire so most people don't retire till they're about what 60 50 70 something like that so i'm thinking from my point of view it does matter right so you need to sit down thinking it might Mm -hmm. be a huge red flag and probably if it's really something that prevents you from being married, I think yeah. probably cut your losses because if she yeah. doesn't think this much about death, how is she gonna think about the marriage? Or like exactly. a wedding. Yeah, like if she like if she's just this frivolous with money or whatever and she's not worried about this, then what is she going to do exactly when y'all get married? And you again, like I said, you wanna buy a house and she's looking at things that are exorbitantly out of your price range. Yeah. Or y'all are trying to plan a wedding and she's looking at things that are exorbitantly out of her price range and she's just like, oh it's not that big of a deal. Like, I'm sorry, lady. I'm sorry, ma'am. Put your big girl panties on, woman the fuck up, and figure this out, okay? I'm going to need you to do something besides just kind of look off into la-la land and be all yeah. like, oh, it's not a big deal. No, 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 ma'am. It is yeah. a big deal. You need to be making steps. Yeah, I'm thinking probably, like, slap with a dose of reality since I'm guessing mm-hmm. you guys are going to like, Listen, I'm very much concerned about it. I mean, her dad, I'm, I'm, he said that he des- she despises her dad, but I'm thinking at 18 years old, you're probably not making the best financial decisions. Right, and now you're 21 and you're reaping the, like the... Yeah, I think once you graduate, reality just slaps you in the, the face. face. Oh, oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, shit. But, um, yeah, man, good luck. Um, I would say that, yeah, just sit down, explain your... And if she kind of just kind of like, oh, 
like, you know, dismisses your concerns away, that is a giant red flag and you need to leave her and her daddy ass to figure this out by themselves. Bye. So long. Wish I didn't know you. Yeah, if she really doesn't have the same values for you, I mean, you can't really change a person. Yeah, so they have I to want to change. Either seriously sit down, tell you how much concerns you, and probably try to understand like how come you don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, but if it isn't, I'm thinking probably uh, it, it won't last long. Yeah, say bye bye, kiss, kiss your love goodbye. Yeah, but or if you really want to work it out. Probably just explain it before you get married and probably get into it for the rest of your life. I'm sorry. No, don't do that. I would not pick the latter option. (laughs) All right. Don't pick the latter option because you might end up like this couple. And for our last one, we're going to talk about how a 26-year-old man is no longer attracted to his 26-year-old wife because she finds sex disgusting. Hmm. Um... So the short version of this is, and then I'll go into a little more detail. Um, so they've been married for four years and they're having, he's having issues with sexual frustration stemming from her not accepting his body and being disgusted by the thought of sex. Okay. They both saved like their first time for when they were married. So they were not sure what to expect, but now he's having a hard time being attracted to her um, because her attitude, because of her attitude and her mentality about sex, um, she doesn't enjoy doing it. She does a bare minimum out of wifely duty. So he's trying to figure out how to approach his religious conservative wife because she feels like she rejects sex because of religious upbringing. Hmm. So they've been together since high school. Um, he loves her and blah blah blah, whatever. But they were both from strictly very strict religious backgrounds. Um, they were friends forever, and they she's really nice nice apparently um and they started dating in high school um so they saved their um because of their background they saved their first times again until they were married four years later they do and they moved to a new city um obviously it was awkward at first she thinks it's some sort of medical problem he's like nah girl you just need to do it a couple times and then you're gonna loosen up that's all right she um uh let's see uh she was shy when he would mention sex to her, um, and but they never talked about it, which should like why didn't y'all ever talk about like sex before yeah. y'all got? I mean, I know y'all were strictly religious, but Jesus never. Like, um, he said he looking back on it, he thinks she hates sex because of religious views, um, and he confirmed this when he discussed it with her, and she said at one point in her teenager she never wanted to be married because and be used as a sex object by men. Or something like that. Um, but they got married anyway. So, blah. Um, he has a promiscuous personality. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd probably be pansexual in another lifetime. <laughs> He's like, I think sex is beautiful magical. <laughs> Great. Uh, let's see. He has more sexual experience under the belt. He loves things that I'm not going to say. Um... Uh, he's been sexually frustrated for the past six months. She thinks sex is immoral and is disgusted by my body. I married way out of my league. She's a 10 out of 10 while I'm a (laughs) 5. Given all this, I'm really having trouble being attracted to her. Um, she's stunning. He's sexually frustrated, blah, blah, blah. He's like porn, fine, whatever. I don't want to use it, but there it is. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I guess she found out about there being porn. And she was, like, upset. Repent for your sins. Why are you getting off on random girls on the internet? Which I don't blame her for. 
Um, yeah. He's like, but she's not offering what I need sexually. What do I do? Okay, so here we go, friend. Um, therapy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand more. I remember reading about a girl and also listening on NPR about the purity movement that happened mm-hmm. in like the 90s. Yeah. And they would keep saying, because I'm guessing, especially as a woman, they keep saying, sex is bad, don't feel sex, and then all of a sudden get married, sex is all fine and dandy. I mean, it's really hard to break out of that mindset. Yes. Sex is bad, don't have sex with a guy I'm thinking, okay, get a girl who thinks sex is bad, and then make sure she's pure. So kind of like jumping from that mindset overnight, and of course, I'm thinking she probably does need therapy to probably loosen up and enjoy sex. <laughs> loosen up and loosen up. <laughs> I mean, about her, I You're guess right. really her ideals. Away from those Puritan points yes. about sex. Yes. So yeah, the first thing I would suggest to her is suggest you is to maybe suggest if you can try to suggest individual therapy for her, but I don't think that's going to go over well because if she is as hardcore Christian as I think she is, she's probably going to be like, I don't need no therapist. All I need is God. Okay. <laughs> so I would suggest maybe couples therapy. Yeah. Or a sex therapist. Or maybe work up to the sex therapist because she's not going to want to do it. But, like, go to couples therapy first. Talk about these issues. Um, Maybe work up to the sex. Because I feel like if you just try to go into a couples therapist, you're also probably going to have to work up to the couples therapist. You just need to kind of sit down with her and be like, listen, I don't, we're not on the same page, obviously, sexually. Um, So, um, and I want to be because you're my wife and I love you. And I think sex, this is how I feel about sex. You just need to be honest with her. Like you said, you're honest. You just need to be honest with her. Hey. This is how I feel about sex. I think it is a show of love. This is how I show I one of the ways that show I love that I love you. Um, and I want us to engage in it more and I want you to enjoy it and I want you to have the a similar view set, maybe not the same, but a similar view as I do. Um, work her up to that and have a conversation, be like, if she doesn't, she probably won't come around at first. Um, yeah. If she's not, and be like, okay, maybe we need to go to couples therapy so we can kind of talk about this. Do you think it's a problem? Because if she doesn't think it's a problem, you're not going to be able to fix it. Do you see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if she, like, is like, I don't see what you're talking about. Like, what do you mean? Why? Why would I need to go to therapy? Then it's not, you're not going to get anywhere, okay? Yeah. So you kind of... It's a conundrum because she has to see it for as a problem to want to go to therapy. Yeah. Okay, um, and so the only thing I suggest to you is to sit down and have a conversation with it. Tell her how why you think it's a problem. See if y'all can at least get on the same page as far as couples therapy. Like, yeah. maybe we should, if she has another reason, like, she'll be like, we're not working out because of this. Okay, cool. We can go to couples therapy and work up to it. Um, but that's the only thing I can think of. Or maybe the girl is um, asexual. Yeah, it's possible that she could be asexual. She could be asexual. I'm thinking probably at least talk to someone to probably mm-hmm. loosen up a little bit about the Puritan beliefs about sex. I'm thinking, does she want kids one day? Right, yeah, these are all things. And she's going to have to have sex to do that. Or she could adopt kids. Who knows? Who knows yeah. what they all want to do. But So I'm thinking it is, might be. Well, I always think of the death. Do us part the death of what? I mean, so far, I can see the death of their sex life. So I'm thinking, yeah, they probably need therapy. She probably needs to talk through. I'm not sure if there's such a thing as a 
sex positive minister. Maybe in another religion. <laughs> so probably talk a pagan religion. <laughs> I mean, because I know with a lot of Christian thinking, I need to be pure. Because I remember there's this one book I know probably going off topic here about Go ahead. the death of dating, mm-hmm. in which the guy says, "Okay, just don't date around. Just go." Because if you date around, you're kind of like insulting your um, your future spouse. So just find one person and just marry that person. And of course, that leads to a lot of issues. Yeah. Kinda like um, marrying the first person to that you date. I'm thinking, right. okay, that's kind of like insulting to people who are, you know, but, trying. Yeah, like it's insulting people who have standards. Like they're trying to find that right person. People don't have. Like a detector. Like, we're, we don't have, like, this is not a YA novel where we have, like, a soulmate detector. And, like, I get all hot and bothered when I see you because we're supposed to be together for the rest of our lives. No. Sometimes you fuck up and you, like, date the wrong person. Yeah. Um. So, and then you have to try again. So. Yeah, the guy who wrote the book about the whole purity movement, he said, oh, yeah, well, I kind of fudged up on there, screw you, so please don't listen to my book. I mean, it's probably wrong of me to write that, so I'm just kind of like the whole purity movement of rearing the first person you date, because I'm thinking, okay, there's also compatibility issues. Right, yeah, like, you... I'm not saying, like, that this relationship... Is not going to work out, but I'm saying that if she seems, because I'm just getting this vibe of her seeing, seeming like really stubborn, um, if she is as stubborn and as set in her ways as I think she is, I mean, you either going to have to deal with the fact that you ain't going to get no pussy or you are going to have to move on. And Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm probably thinking they probably could be because I guess they're Really hard because I guess it's really going to be hard to like get her out of that Puritan mindset. I think it could be approachable, like therapy and saying her down. Like, that's how I feel about sex. And I'm thinking it's an extension of love. I mean, Jesus, I mean, God made sex for a reason. Yeah. I'm thinking, yes, I understand uh, sex outside the sanctity of marriage is sinful. Right. But I'm thinking we are married, and maybe as a married couple, we should probably express that love in honor of price because only yeah. why people say oh god during sex exactly also ooh, you know what maybe a good good way to transition her into being sex positive is eating her out <laughs> she might like that have you ever tried it that's all i'm saying you like receiving oral have you ever given her oral just been like hey girl lay down let me do some things to your body she might change her whole outlook on life <laughs> okay listen like sometimes all a woman is a sin. Exactly. I don't give a fuck uh, I'm not I'm not Christian um, all I'm saying is like lay her down and uh, do some things to her body and she might be a whole different person sometimes all a woman it needs is her pussy eating out and she's just like a born again Christian <laughs> Probably, yeah, just take her one day thinking, you know what, probably make you relax, mm-hmm. get her in the mood, because yes. you set the mood right, mm-hmm. give her a back massage, yeah. mm-hmm. thinking how beautiful she is. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Take her clothes off, take it slow, because mm-hmm. you know, men and women approach sex differently. Exactly. So make her feel good, make her feel appreciated, make her feel Bring out her inner goddess. Make exactly. Her inner goddess the yeah, see, I think her problem with sex, too, is that she's like, she doesn't want to be treated as a sex object. Well, you need to 
disassociate sex object from sex. He needs to be like, girl, you're not a sex object to me. You are, a, like you said, a goddess. Let me worship you. Let me get on my knees for you. Like you get on your knees for Jesus. <laughs> okay? That's all I'm saying. Like, Yeah, you, so I'm thinking probably change your mind. Think you're not a sex object. You are a person. Mm-hmm. And I treat you like the beautiful goddess you are. Exactly. Show the pleasure that you've given to me. I'll give to you. you. Yes. That's right. Amen. Say it for the people in the back. Okay? I think that is all you need. I would start with that first. Shit. Why didn't I say that first? Okay? <laughs> Give her some pleasure for a change first and see what happens then. Okay? Um, but, yeah, good luck to you. Um, don't treat your wife like a sex object and this won't happen. Um, so, let's wrap it up. Do you have anything that you want to say? I'm thinking. So I'm just thinking happy Texas Independence Day. Yay, happy Texas the rodeo's still in town, so I'm probably give me some of that. Probably be a fat ass and eat the hot Cheeto um corn, corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Oh yes. Interesting. I mean I think I might go with my boyfriend's family. Ooh, or fun. Just, so yeah, it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be delicious, it's gonna be nice. Mm. Good. Um, I do. I hope everybody has a good week. I don't really have any put. Well, I'm going to. Uh, that's a lie. I'm going to my Nigerian engagement party on Thursday. Ooh. So I have to get all fancy fancy for that. So that's going to be interesting. Right after work. We were supposed to go on Saturday, but that didn't happen. Uh, we changed plans. So yeah, good luck uh, to me for that because I'm going to be eating a lot of fucking food <laughs> on Thursday. Hopefully I don't pop out the dress, goddamn, that I just bought. Uh, so um, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, oh God, y'all pray for me, <laughs> pray for me, pray for me in this work crush. Good God, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody have a good week. Um, please remember to confront all of the issues in your life and all be grateful for all the good things in your life. Um, love yourself, love others. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, make sure to uh, email all your questions to allconfrontation at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week with some more craziness. Yeah, hopefully, I might be able to do a new true crime story. Oh, yes, or a ghost. Or a ghost story, yeah. And uh, we are all looking forward to that, let me tell you. All right, uh, well, um, bye. Bye. Belmar's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah.